You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, where I am joined by Jessica Dennehy, who is an incredible woman who has done so much in the world of business. And I was blessed to get to meet her at a a million dollar mastermind speaking event where I was blown away by not only how confident and uh, well-spoken she was about her subject, but more importantly, by how personable she was actually going around the room, networking, getting to know people. And I find it can be incredibly unique to meet somebody who is both an expert at what they do and also be good at networking and talking to people. So I knew that I absolutely had to get this wonderful young lady here on the podcast. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. So, Jessica Dennehy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. So, for everyone listening, um, before we get into your backstory, which we absolutely will get into, what um, what's your specialty? What are you What are you currently doing in the world? What are you good at? Well, I build and scale businesses, so I coach other entrepreneurs on how to scale with ease, so that their life becomes more effortless and they gain more freedom. See, I absolutely love that. Now, my big question to you is. What do you find is the number one thing that you're just doing over and over again, right? Like the the 80-20 of what they need to be able to scale and get their business where they want it to be. (laughs) The number one thing I see people doing is entrepreneurs are very focused on all the strategies you need to scale and they don't consider how they are showing up to the business as the leader of their company affects how all of the systems and processes and strategies are implemented. And so they need to do a little bit more of a deeper dive before they just go out and implement all of the things that we talk about because they really have to show up in an empowered way. And that's the number one thing I see people failing to do. Okay, so here's a question for you. Um, What's like one example of a company that you've helped with this? Like something that maybe the audience can relate with, you know, like a, a story of someone you've helped through that. Oh boy. You know what I love about my job is that I get to work with people from all different industries because the things that we talk about and the way that we scale is really across the board helpful to any CEO. Um, And I think, so one, one person that I've worked with who has had a ton of success in the last 12 months, we've tripled his revenue just by implementing some of the strategies on how to scale And what he was doing, he owns um, an amazing painting company that actually is close by to me. And we doubled the size of his team in just under 12 months and tripled his revenue because he wasn't showing up the way that he should have been. He wasn't leading by example and implementing the same strategies that he was trying to tell his team to implement. So he was, he was scared, right? He had been in the grind on the ground floor for years and years. And so giving up some of those ground floor responsibilities was really difficult for him. And he had been doing it slowly. And what we did was work on how to expedite that process and make him feel comfortable so that he can get rid of more stuff and the company can expand in an easier way. So I love that. So like, what, what kind of stuff was he doing? Cause like when, when you say the phrase, like, you know, not showing up, some people might think like, was he physically not going to work? Was he not actually doing anything? Or it sounds to me more like 
he was doing the grunt work and not doing the CEO level work. So I just want to get a clarification for listening. That's a good point. And, and to that point, I would say that anyone who owns a business, your goal should be not showing up to the actual business. I mean, I don't show up to my brick and mortars. I show up very infrequently because that is the goal. You're not swapping a career in corporate world for a job in your own business, right? You want to run the business, run the vision of the business. Um, and so what was happening, and I think this happens with a lot of us entrepreneurs, is we are control freaks and we have trouble really trusting other people to do what we think we're so great at. And although you are unique and you bring this unique, vibrant energy to the business, which should help you build your brand, the tactical things you do inside your business are not unique and can be delegated. It's just that you have to let go of that control. And what most people do is they think they're so wonderful that they can't replace themselves and they hoard the thing they're most good at and the thing they do the best. And for me, it starts with understanding what your company is positioned to do best and who you are positioned to help the most. And then onboarding staff that is aligned with that vision, because then you will be able to trust them because you have curated the exact person who can mimic you and your personality and your style. And so that's what I worked on with this client in particular was how are you navigating the hiring process? Are you actually screening people properly, people that you can trust, people that show that little seed of hope that they are malleable and trainable? Because if you're not, you're going to have a lot of resistance in giving something to someone that's important to the business. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so let's think about this. So like on one hand, like I can imagine somebody listening to this and they go, okay, I'm definitely in the grind. I'm definitely, you know, doing that. But like, if I stop doing that, how is that going to translate to more sales? Like where does the actual extra revenue come from? Yeah. Well at first, and, and this is what I tell all the people that I work with, like revenue is going to hit pause. And because that's part of the problem is that everybody is so concentrated on revenue, 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 revenue. You haven't actually built any foundation for your business to jump off of. So if your foundation's all muddy and gross, you go to take that big leap, you're going to fall right in. You need to press pause on the sales, go back and fix all of the things that you didn't do right from the start, fill in those holes, make it strong and solid. And then that's when the sales will start to come because your focus will now, instead of being worried about the people you've delegated to, instead of doing it all yourself, because no one else can do it right. You now have this amazing team behind you and you can go out and be the face of your company and go create all of that revenue that you've been longing for. Love that. Okay. So um, just for, for the everyone here, what's like, something you've done wrong like in a big way <laughs> one thing Jeez. i mean listen there's a lot of different missteps and you know by way of background i'm an attorney by trade i did that for 10 years i worked for the new york stock exchange as a regulator and my first business was a barbershop so you can imagine how many things went wrong because i don't cut hair I'm not a man, <laughs> so I, I don't know too much about men's hairstyles, right? But I do know about business, and I learned a lot along the way. And one of the major missteps I made that I've corrected through the years is I would rather open my doors with not enough staff, but the staff I have is amazing, than keep people on 
just because I'm scared. I'm scared I won't be able to take on the, the volume because we're a volume business in the barbershops. And I used to have these moments where I would lose someone, uh, lose a barber and scramble to put any body in there, any warm body would do, right? And because I was scared, like what will the customers think when they come in and they only see such and such barbers? So what I've learned is I'd rather run in a skeleton crew that is great than an overinflated crew that is mediocre. And I will never have mediocre staff again. And that is the number one thing I've learned through the years, because that's where your customer, bringing people in the door is half the battle, right? We're all focused on sales and revenue, but once they're there, then what? They're in the door. You're going to keep them happy. Do you have the right staff in place and the number of people that you need in order to keep the clientele happy? Because you need to build out that team before you have the numbers. And that's a mistake people make is like, you know, they're, they're afraid to hire. They wait until they need it. Well, guess what? Once you need it, it's too late. Now you're going to have customers who are not happy, right? So the me, I put more staff in place. I'm constantly interviewing people. I'm constantly going out to find new barbers that fit all the criteria that we need because we have a high level of standards. And so it's hard to find people that have high standards on the fly. So I'm always overstaffed um, and I'm always just making sure that the right team is there and not just a team. I love that. How, um, how do you know that you get the right team or how can you put together that right team? When your life and business feel effortless, that's when you have the right people around you. Now, I'm not saying every day is going to be easy. There's no more struggle, but you're not fighting the tide every day. You don't feel like you're getting bashed in the head with a bunch of waves. You, when you're screening people through what you value, what your business stands for, the right people are going to be attracted to the business authentically and organically. And then you'll start to jive with them. And you'll be like, wow, I really jive with these people. Yeah, of course you do, because you started to focus on whether or not they fit your culture. And then life becomes easy because you understand how to operate with this, these type of people, how to communicate with these type of people, because they are similar to you. And you've now created this ecosystem that's easy. And that's the beauty of it. So that's when you'll know when suddenly you're like, why is this so easy? Well, then that's how you know you created the right culture. Got it. Um, is there like a, a trick to finding good stuff or finding good people? Or is it just like trial and error? I think the okay. trick is to hire slowly. A lot of us just like get panicked and we let in whoever. Um, I believe that you need to really sit down with yourself and think, Remember that person that I had working for me that it was really easy to, to communicate with and it was really like we just jived? What were the traits that they had that made this relationship easy? And create a list of those. And then when you're sitting down with someone, you know, to screen them for hire, look at that list and see if they match and be honest with yourself. Don't be afraid to say no over and over and over again. Don't be afraid to be picky. It's almost like dating. You don't just want to scoop up the first person with the right fit. Um, so I think the trick is to just take it slow and don't wait until your back's up against the wall to try to find these people. I love that. It's very, very cool. So, um, so nowadays, obviously you used to be an attorney uh, for, uh, for the stock exchange. Is that in New York City? Yes. Nice. And you're still based there, right? If I remember rightly. I'm in New York. Yes. Not in the city, but right outside. In New York. Yeah. Totally counts. Um, and so now you, you help scale companies. So um, 
what's like your big goal now with your company? What are you trying to achieve? I want to reach more people. So I've been really pushing my stage presence. I'm trying to get on as many stages as possible because I want to create um, an ecosystem where I have a community of people that I can constantly help. And I just want to bring them into the stratosphere over here and have them. We do meetups. My company um, has these meetups monthly in based in New York just creating that community of people you can bounce ideas off of and who are like you and you don't feel like a weirdo in the room because you're ambitious and other people aren't. Everyone in there understands they're going through the same stuff. And so I've just been pushing to increase my stage presence across the nation so that my voice can be heard more and I can inspire more people to live a life that's aligned with them and a life that is not just hustle all the time. I really believe owning a business creates so many different types of freedom. The number one is time freedom, but also this limitless earning potential that you're, you're not stuck in the same space of life for eternity. You know, there's more and you can go out and get as much as you want of that. And I think that's amazing. And I want more people to hear it. I love that. That's so cool. All right, so um, we are getting sort of like towards the end, but what I'd like to know is um, if people do want to find out more about you, where can they go to, to learn more? And they can find me on Instagram. I'm always up in there at the Jessica Dennehy. They can find information about my coaching program or my barbershops at pivotandslay.com and you can book me for speaking engagements there also. So everything you need is right there. I love that. And it's D-E-N-N-E-H-Y just for everybody. Yes. Do you get the stone correct? That's right. Uh, Okay, Jessica, so here's a big question. At the end of every podcast episode, we always say to people, what is one thing that smart businesses should do? So if you were going to say smart businesses should, what is that thing? Smart businesses should not be afraid to take risks. Risks are how we grow. They're how we learn. And I think the biggest thing you can do for your company and your staff to make sure everybody's growing is to keep on pushing that envelope and take those risks so that your company can evolve and you can too. I love that. Super cool. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to come and join us on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Go and check her out, guys. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.